Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim, and um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Our topic today is the Ken and Barbie killers uh, in Toronto, Canada, back in uh, the late 1980s. Um, Paul Bernardo and his partner at the time, Carla Omaka. Is that how we say her name, Brandy? It's Omaka. pretty close. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll call her Carla from now on. Yeah, we'll call her Carla from now on. But anyway, we were just talking off air that these people are not, we, none of us like them very well. Even though they're both attractive, and generally we like attractive people. Um, but, As opposed uh, to the guy we did last time that walked through the town and shot up the yeah, town, you know. We, yeah. We didn't really dislike that guy all that much. No, no, no. But, but you know, if, if you've got a really hot woman who's a killer, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to usually Typically give her, you lean toward yeah, give sympathy. Them the, that's how I used to choose winners on American Idol, whoever's the hottest woman. I choose them by boob size. Yeah. Yeah, each of them. Okay, so, uh, but these folks, uh, we all agreed that we don't like, right? I think we're in no, all agreement. We no, don't like not, these people We're not their biggest fans. No, so... Uh, the devil probably likes them. So we, we try to be fair and balanced, just like Fox News, but if we're a little bit... <laughs> but not different. No, no, we don't. We don't try that at all. <laughs> okay, let me introduce our panel. Um, joining me is the very uh, lovely and talented... Uh, uh, the, the woman who really has... Uh, Set the standard for uh, women in podcasting. Um, she has been uh, recognized by uh, many different organizations, uh, National Organization of Women. Uh, recently, come out. Well, they condemned her, but well, they, they did. They recognized. They did. Yeah. Her. Uh, and that is the it's a misunderstanding. <laughs> Mr. Samine, the Empress of Evil, Satan's dirty little secret. Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm good, Timmy. How are you? I'm fine. You recommended this topic, and I, I want to say that I, when I did the research on this thing, I, uh, I was sick of these people about halfway through. I don't I like scoffed. You scoffed at I, this topic. Well, I, I, it's an interesting story. You were story. scoffer. It's an interesting story, but I don't like these people at you all. You were condescending to the devil when she... Well... Yes, thank you. You know, I like older stories, right? I like stories in the 40s and 50s, so when we do something that was recently as... The 80, late 80s, early 90s. Um, and I have to go back and check when these things occurred. But um, Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I like the older stories, but after I got into reading, it's really fascinating. They're really creepy people. And uh, so we'll get into all their uh, dastardly deeds. But before we do... And, peca- let's call them peccadillos. <laughs> peccadillos, okay. 
Um, I'd also like to introduce uh, a man of many talents, a man who is, uh, was the 1992 People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Uh, 90, no. 1992 was a slow no. year. <laughs> no, you were not. It was, Screech was number two. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When, no. Um, the, I got the magazine cover at home. Please let me <laughs> bring it in for you. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Let me introduce the very honorable, the very uh, talented, the most dangerous man in podcasting today, the Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Oh, I couldn't be better, Timmy. Couldn't be better. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize you were you were named sexiest man alive by People Magazine. Neither did People well, Magazine. It was they one of those know. things that you could uh, apparently, you know, you go into the to the. I believe we was in Gatlinburg. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get uh, the cover made. And yeah, you stick they, your head through the little hole. And yeah, and they take your you. picture and it's the sexiest man alive. Yeah, okay. No, but I'm doing good. I got you know I'm working on a migraine today, Timmy. That's oh, always to fun, that. but. Um, I, I, I want to, you know, I've been reading the comments people put on our page, and I've become a little scared. I think our listeners are somewhat disturbed. Why do you say that, Colonel? Well, it's not so much our listeners. It's our, my son secretly listens to, I found out, occasionally he'll listen to our podcast. Okay. Logan, my youngest. Right. The boy. And uh, he uh, listened to the last one. Mm-hmm. And he came the in. The one on uh, Evelyn Dick? No, 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 no. No, the last uh, one. Shooter. Oh, The okay. Shooter. Unra. Unra, okay. And uh, I said, yeah, that was that was some sick son bitch. Could you imagine, uh, you know, you just sitting there in the barber chair, a guy walks in and uh, shoots you in the head. You know what the boy said to me? What? Mm. He said, that's why you got to be clear. You can't just say, take some off the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a point. He's got a point. Wow. He should be honest. That was a 10-year-old boy that got shot. He's like, well, his communication skills. Things happen, yeah. So really you're disturbed about your own son. (laughs) I'm a little more, yeah. yeah. But our listeners are a little disturbed, too. Our listeners are awesome. Yeah, they are. They are awesome, but they're they're as disturbed as you are. See, I don't even qualify that. I just... You know the thing. Awesome. You know the thing about Unruh. We didn't get into, um, or I forgot to mention when we were talking about him shooting that little boy in the um, the uh, on the rocking chair. On the rocking chair. You, there's a picture of that rocking chair online. Or the rocking horse. Sorry. Or the rocking horse. Yeah. yeah the rocking horse. It, it was a rocking horse in a barber shop used right. to cut, cut kids' hair. And Unruh, you know, walked into the barber shop and he shot the barber and he shot the kid. And the blood splattered all over this right. rocking horse. Where that it was a white rocking horse. Well, you can actually there you can actually see that online if you would want to. It's like a blinkage chair, Gross. and that's what I get into. That's why I get into uh, when I was doing these research for Ken and this this story, the Ken and Barbie Killers, is that these things are. It's easy to you know. I try not to look at the crime scene photos because. That makes it a little bit because we're going to make fun of these stories. We're gonna, not make fun of the victims. But we're going to make fun of the killers. But sometimes when you see the, you know, the, the, yeah. the crime no, scene photos, yeah. it's these it, are it, some nasty individuals. Yeah, and it, it, the, the, the yeah the stuff is really sick. Um, we we make fun of them, but in real life, it's uh, you know when you realize what just how horrific some of these things are, it's. Uh, it makes you take a step back, and I, I felt that way when doing the research on this um, this topic. But before we get into that, do we have any shout outs, Colonel? I got a couple of shout outs. Um, <clears throat> um, my, as always, Lady Beverly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Brittany and Nicole, congratulations to you, girl. Um, we're Facebook friends um, now. I'm occasionally listeners. Will is send that me why you're con- is that why you're congratulating her because you're Facebook friends? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, occasionally <laughs> listeners will send me a uh, Facebook request, mm-hmm. friend request, and me and Brittany, Brittany and Nicole, and I are Facebook friends. And I noticed a post today that she got the. Uh, she got the nursing position that she had applied for. Wonderful nurse position. Great. So congratulations to yeah, you, Brittany. Congratulations, Nicole. Brittany. Um, cool. Erica, um, shout out to you. I don't. She's gonna. She's got a picture coming. Um, let's see who else. And, and then of course we got who who was a little bit uh, seriously under the weather. Dottie um, was not was not as. Yeah, she well was, as we wanted her to be. Yeah, but she's um, doing better now. She's trying to kill her. Well, no. and, yeah, Timmy, why she are you said, doing that? Well, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I She had caught the um, the bug that I had, unfortunately. My brother also had it, and she was sick, and uh, we had to take her to, you know, she had to go to the urgent care, but she's feeling better now. She had, so. to, get a, she had to get a transfusion, Timmy. No, <laughs> she did not. That's not true. That's not true. She had to get some strong and an isolation tent. Yeah, they had to. Dottie's going to be the Dottie's the girl in the plastic bubble. Yeah, she's so Dottie. She's had a a rough year. When you want to come over and live with the Colonel and Mrs. Colonel and Rudy, uh, we'd be happy to take you in because this boy's just going to do you in before. (laughs) I got Disney on Ice tickets. We need. Let's get this going. You have Disney on Ice for today? Yes. Really? Yes. So is like Goofy's going to be there, and I assume Mickey that Mouse. There are Minnie. all kinds of Disney characters. Let me check and there. see what kind of panties that Minnie. Does she wear a thong? Minnie she wears bloomers. Uh-huh. Well, you know her. You know why her and Minnie, or her and Mickey broke up. Mm-mm. You gonna tell us why, Colonel? You know, don't you? Do. You know the punchline to this, don't you? Do. Please. Because she was just fucking Goofy. <laughs> no. I thought it was because that's he, one of my favorites. I heard that he was like pulling on her ears, but. Uh, how, come, rumors. how come Goofy can do stuff that Pluto can't? You know, I, I'm not sure the whole value of Pluto, really. What, what's what's his thing? What, know, what he, does he have to offer? Yeah. Right. I'm, I'll ask him tonight when I see him at Disney on Ice that I'd like to get to is if we can move this yes, along. This what time long. is Disney on Ice start? <laughs> 7.30. The ice oh. is going to melt by the In time. In Lexington. Okay. <laughs> oh, so you got a two-hour oh, drive as yeah. well. Okay, uh, I just I want to give a shout-out to Sydney, who's made some really nice comments about us, and she's from the last podcast on the left page. And thank you, Sydney, for your kind comments. She had, Sydney had a great comment on our page the yeah, other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much. Uh, so much. Uh, we got a lot of cool, we're getting a lot of cool folks following us now, and we really appreciate it. So please, uh, after you listen to the show, if you would leave comments, we, we love reading them. We read everyone. So if you go to our Facebook page and leave a comment about podcasts, your thoughts on it, we would appreciate it because we, um, we check them all out. And do you, Timmy, do you do this? Uh, when people make comments on, their, on our page, will you hit their profile page just to see who? No, I don't do the creeping like you do. I don't think you, I, I always wondered, do you consider that creeping or yes. do you consider it? Yeah, I consider it being pretty. I mean, no. I mean, it's a person makes a comment. And you're interacting with them. I don't know that there's. Well, I mean, if you're interacting with them, it might be different. But I don't. I don't go do research on everyone. Well, it's page. not I think research it's... for Christ's sake. We don't even research the damn shows we do. Right? I, I mean, don't go by what you consider creepy either. Because and uh, also shout out to Mary don't Ray trust it. and uh, Brandy McKenzie. Thank you for listening, Francis. Thanks for listening. Um, so I'm, you know, we're we're gonna try to spread these uh, shout outs throughout the different uh, podcasts, so we don't uh, overwhelm you on 
every every episode, but uh, I would also like to give one to Michael Bursall. He he follows us, so thank you all. We appreciate it. We love you, and uh, thanks for listening. And we gotta give one to Celine just for being from Michigan. Oh, Celine, yeah, of course, Celine. Just, Celine and I are our Facebook friends. Just for being from Michigan, and she and spending two hundred dollars at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Did she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Celine's cool. I like Celine. Okay, let's get into the story of the Ken and Barbie Killers. Paul Kenneth Bernardo and um, Carla, what did I say what her last name was? Homoka? Homoka. Homoka. Okay, let's talk about them. Paul Kenneth Bernardo was born on August 27, 1964 in Toronto, Canada. Uh, so he's a few years younger than me, born in Toronto. Ever been to Toronto, Colonel? No. It's a beautiful city. Expensive. I am, I am expensive. planning to vacation now this year. Oh, it's a, it's a beautiful city. Um, so he was a Canadian serial killer and rapist, and he also was known, for, uh, no, besides committing the murders, he was known to be involved with his wife, getting his um, wife involved, Carla. She got involved with his dastardly deeds, and they became this little dysfunctional little couple who went around raping and torturing and killing um, young women. So, as but, I you know, said, not, not, one of my, not one of my favorite stories in terms of... Uh, uh, they're not very good people. But she, but you got to admit, I mean, she was a, she was a dutiful wife. She's a crazy. She was bitch. dutiful. I mean, she he wanted to he wanted to yeah, try was, some other women, and she said yes. Let me help you out here. Yeah, including her crazy si- bitch. including her sister. So well, yeah, that's what that's yeah, kind of crossing the line. Yeah. So um, Paul was born into a wealthy family, and the reason why they called him Ken and Barbie Killers, if you. You know, haven't figured it out is they were kind of from well-to-do families and they were you know they were very attractive they both looked like models um oh i do it no yeah, matter how she, she was shocking was, <laughs> she's they both were you know very good looking and um so it makes this whole thing even stranger but anyway um not that you know only ugly people should kill but you know ugly i think pe- that is kind of what you're saying <laughs> ugly people have more reason let's face it we have more yeah. reason to kill than <laughs> you, you someone's really pissed off all the time and yeah. you know. if you got you know, if you're hot and you got a lot of money you really should be going around killing people i mean you know think about it but anyway his mother paul uh was born into a wealthy but dysfunctional family his mother marilyn um she had been adopted by uh, an attorney in Toronto, and they were raised in the household. His father, Kenneth, was the son of an English immigrant. Um, son of a preacher, man. And uh, he had a successful marble and tile business. And after he got done with mar- the laying the marble and tile, who would they call, Colonel? Uh, well, after they got done calling them with the marble and tile, they had to get the... Uh the drywall up, and then they had to get the painting, and then they call our friend Bob, Bob Mears. Bob so, Mears, yeah. Yes, they would. He would go all the way from Delaware up to mm-hmm. Toronto to paint your house. Yeah, that's nothing. It's a yeah. short hop and yeah. skip. Um, so, um, anyway. Nice um, <laughs> Thank you for the product placement there. Um, his father was abusive. Um, oh, no. That's surprising. Surprise. Yeah. But uh, if you look at a picture of the guy, he's a, he looks like a little prick. You need to abuse him. He looks like yeah. He well, she, he was he see, part of the reason mm-hmm. was part of the reason was his mother had him 
uh, got pregnant with him while she was having an affair. Oh, so she he, was a slut? Well, I don't, don't want to say she was a slut. She I mean, was a little loose in the caboose. I'm yeah. just saying that she had a extramarital affair, and she... Be, well, that she pretty cons- much makes her a hoe. She, I, I'm not passing judgment on her. She, well, yeah. especially Timmy, don't pass Timmy's judgment. the last one to pass yeah. judgment and on her. Because, well, also, she's a lot, probably maybe still alive, and can sue us. So if you want to get sued by her, you, you, know, no. you can pass judgment. Well, so she, saying, she had a bastard child. Yeah, he's legitimate. Which is, uh, yeah, but I'm saying, it's one thing to have an affair. Right. You know, that's one thing. The colonel don't make no judgment on that. Hmm. But wrap that some bitch up because you can't wrap that rascal. Wrap it because you coming home to your husband, he don't need to pick up no chlamydia or what's uh, some of the other ones? <laughs> gonorrhea or a child yeah. that he got to raise now because you was you know well apparently uh, they kind of he had kind of nymphomania ex- he accepted this uh, you know he accepted this child um, at least on paper he became the biology you know he was listed as a biological father but uh, Kenneth his dad was arrested in 1975 when um when uh, Paul was only uh, what eleven years old for uh, molesting a child, so gross. He, yeah, he sexually abused one of his own daughters. So you so. got a mama who a hoe and a father who's a pedophile. Yep. And yep. we expect well, this boy to come out. Well, not his natural father. His his. Well, his, uh, his environmental father. His environmental right. father. Yeah. Um, she became the mom became very depressed after the husband. I bet. Yeah, after the husband. Uh, was arrested and she withdrew from the rest of the family and lived in the basement. Oh. Uh, yeah. So she just packed up and moved With down the gimp. The yeah, yeah, pretty much like I do, I guess. So I guess she quit banging other guys and moved into the basement. Uh, and this had a profound effect on all the children, but especially young Paul, the youngest. He, But he he seemed to be doing okay with it. He was happy as a child. He smiled a lot. Well, you know, if you smile a lot. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, killing birds. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He was he was the perfect child for his parents. Killing he was, birds and he was the wood. polite, well mannered, and he did well in school. So I mean, and he was good with a knife. Well, yeah. Later on, later on he takes a and laugh. his wang. <laughs> <laughs> later on he takes a laugh, but not yet. Um, but um, his parents got in an argument at, when he was sixteen, and his mother confessed to him after this argument, told him about his real parentage. Oh. Uh, and he became repulsed by that, openly calling his mom a slob and a whore. See? Oh. And they're going to sue me. A well, slob me. and a whore. A slob and a whore. I wonder if she was an ugly woman or something. I don't know. I've never seen a picture of her, but... Uh, right, we're going to have to look that up. Yeah. Okay, so Bernardo uh, graduated from Sir Wilfrid Laurie Collegiate Institute. That's um, not a real place. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And guess where, guess where he started working at? Kroger. <laughs> no, worse. He started working for Amway. Oh, no. Yeah, he was an Amway salesman. And no, the, hold on. A short story about Amway. No, it's not I'm, ever I'm a, a short story. I'm this guy when Amway's first starting. This guy gets me on a pitch, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. For I those don't who know don't know, Amway's a kind of like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, right? would, uh, that's how I would describe. That's it. That's really what it was. It was, but it was supposed to be based on buying your groceries and products and right. whatever. And you get all these people over there. Now I've got. This guy coming over to my house, and he's going to make his presentation. I already know what it's about. And I tell him, you know what? I ain't going to do this. He's like, well, I haven't ever made a presentation before. Mm-hmm. You know, can I make one? So he brings his wife over to my house. And then, and, and, uh, 
we have you know a couple refreshments and we get to know him a little bit better. It's a, it's Ooh, a, how know. does this story end? Because I I'll tell I, you how the story ends. All I can <clears> see <throat> is just your pizza's here. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that was a different story. I'll tell you that one after this. But no, thank you. So the guy is he's a uh, he he's a guy. He's got red hair. Um, be careful. I don't, I don't even remember his Be name. Careful. He's got red hair. But don't say nothing bad about Ginger. And the reason I say that is because he's got extremely, extremely pale skin. He's okay. an extremely pale skin guy. And he's making this presentation, and I uh, I uh, quit pandering to the Gingers. All right? <laughs> hey, there are um, a significant <clears throat> portion of our audience has red hair. They're not even a significant portion of the population, but there's nothing wrong with Gingers. But right. anyway, this guy was your classic Ginger. Um, and he uh, he's trying to be very professional. He's got a suit on. His wife's got a suit on. You know, right, right, right. And we don't know him from anybody. And he's about halfway through the presentation. And you're, and, like, trying to get out of this thing. Well, I'm falling asleep. Right. And all of a sudden, the guy tears off. The guy breaks wind in my dining room. <laughs> He was nervous. During his presentation? During his presentation. He was nervous. Now, had, heart. now the colonel trying to keep himself together. I'm trying to not laugh. I'm trying to just like, it, what we're trying to do is do that thing where everybody pretend what just happened didn't happen. Right. Which we could have got away with. But the man turned redder than the hair on his head and looked at me and my wife and said, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. And yeah. when he said that. The colonel had to drop his head down on the table and bang it against the table. I was laughing so hard, yeah. <laughs> and I was. And then I figured I could There's get more. it done, get this presentation over yeah, with right. by saying, "What the hell, man? You come in here and stink <laughs> up my house. What is wrong with you?" <laughs> and uh, that did shorten the presentation, and he wrapped it up and went on and on. I did. I. <laughs> My brother sold Amway for a while, and he made us sit through one of his presentations, and that was torture. I mean, it was just torture. He didn't. Yeah, actually, but he didn't. He did, he did didn't. Act, no, he didn't actually do it. He brought some someone in who was showing him how to do it. Yeah, and it was like he, he was out of work for a while, and he he was look, you know, you know, when you fall out of work, you mm-hmm. get in those rich get rich quick yeah. schemes. And uh, he got pulled into this, and he was all secretive about it, right? He wouldn't tell us about it. He was like, no, no, I can't tell you. Just be here at this date and time. I can't tell you what it involves, but it's really big. And and it was like, oh, it was torture, man. It was mm-hmm. just like torture. I'm like, I want to shoot myself. I cannot. But anyway, they teach you sales techniques, right? Anyway. But, but he did not break. But your brother no, no, did no, not no. break wind in your No, house, no, you know? he did not, no. And this but, wasn't one of those little peepers, you know what I mean? Right, it was right. Like this one is of those, a, like, right. This is I Thank mean, it was disgusting. Yeah, thanks for the sound. <laughs> it, was, okay. it was foul. It was foul. Okay, uh, so anyway, but they teach you, like, uh, techniques, right? They teach you, like, sales techniques. Right. Well, him, Bernardo, mm-hmm. Paul, and his friends started using these on girls in the bars, and they were successful at it. But I think probably if you're good-looking, yeah. you know. It's not hard to sell. You me know. and you might have a hard time. Yeah. With well, not back in the day. Not back in 1992, I didn't have well, to make sales techniques. Basically, I just sat at the bar and let them come to me, Timmy. <laughs> they lined up. They lined up, yeah. I wasn't old enough to go to a bar. I had one person. Huh? I wasn't even old enough to go to a bar. But that don't mean you wasn't sliding around the pole in the bar. It does mean that. What, okay. When did you start working in the bar? How old were you? I never worked in a bar. 
oh, so we're going to, okay, that's how we're going to play it to our audience? I've never was worked. Never no, anyway, he's, he means like, you know, inter, as an entertainer. And is it, when no. did you Air start quotes. entertaining I got your Air Buddy entertainer. I got it. Okay, so that's how we're going to play this. You was never a stripper in a bar. Okay. Okay, okay. whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good one. So in October of 1987, when you were like, what, couldn't nine? Af- they couldn't afford to hire me. They'd have to reinforce all the poles. <laughs> that is not nice. What? In October of 1987. 87, I was in the seventh grade. All right. He met, Paul met, Carla Pomaka. Or however the hell you say her name. Let's just call her Carla. Yeah, because I don't, I don't even know how you pronounce her damn name. Once you have, once these people get regular names, what well, can we, we do a story on someone named Smith? There's only one Carla in the damn story. We don't okay. need to give her last name. All right, but anyway, they became sexually uh, interested in each other almost immediately. Ah, did they, they sniff doing, each other's butts they or something? The they ordered, they ordered pizza. Did he hump his leg? They were doing, they <laughs> were doing the, the dirty. They were doing the dirty. Unlike the girls he had met before, Carla encouraged his sadistic and sexual behavior. So he had a little sadistic side to him, our good friend Paul. She encouraged his acts, and he became known, we'll get into this in a bit, a bit later, as a Scarborough rapist. Oh. We can get known in in that minute. But let me tell you a little bit about Carla first. Carly Leanne Homoka was born on May 4th, 1970, which, of course, is five days before my birthday, Mm -hmm. Colonel. Her mom was well, six days before Brandy's during birthday. During the holidays. Yeah, her mother was pregnant during the I time. guess. Do they have Christmas in Canada? Yeah, I, I think they do. They have Boxer Day, too. Yeah. Boxer Day right after that, yeah, right? Yeah, the day after. Uh, she was born in Port Credit, Ontario, Canada. I bet she's probably been in the strip clubs up in Windsor. Man, they got some nice stuff. I bet she has. Yeah. Carla was the eldest of her uh, eldest of three daughters born to her parents. I'm not going to tell her parents' name because no one cares, right? Uh, her sisters, but it's, this is kind of important. Her sisters was Lori, who was born in 1971, so she was a year older than Lori, and five years older than her sister Tammy, who was born in 1975. Now, Tammy comes into play later on in this story um, in a uh, terrible way. The family lived in a place called St. Catherine's, Ontario, when she, uh, Carla was growing up. She worked part-time at a pet shop, uh, and she attended Sir Winston Churchill um, Secondary School. So, Very shout fancy. out to the St. Fancy. Uh, shout out to all the students there at Sir Winston Churchill Secondary School. Uh, after graduation in 1988, she was hired by the Thorroy Veterinarian Clinic. By the what? I don't know. So some veterinary <laughs> clinic in Canada. She's working on dogs. She started working as a veterinary assi- a veterinary assistant. Now this comes into play because she she had access to drugs mm-hmm. as a vet, as a vet assistant. Oh yeah. Um, she took a similar job uh, with at the Martindale Animal Clinic. That's not the Martindale. Uh, not Wink Martindale. Not Wink Martindale. <laughs> it's not Wink Martindale, and it's not the Martin. Uh, what was the name? Wasn't that, that Martindale? Um, the where the uh, child abuse occurred. Oh preschool, yeah, yeah. Martindale. This is a different place. Uh, this okay. is a Thank Mart- God you cleared that up. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Martindale well, Animal Clinic up in uh, in Ontario, uh, from from which she sold drugs that would be used later in their crimes. Well, you know the animals, the dogs and the horses get the best drugs. Yeah, they do. I mean, if you oh, get tranquilizers, yeah. man, get a horse tranquilizer. That will chill you out. You know, I read that in uh, South America, they uh, they get use those for street drugs, horse tranquilizers. Mm-hmm. 
And these guys, they show, they show. I saw a documentary, and these guys would walk around. I mean, they're like zombies. They, well, they're, they I, believe, I don't know the name of the drug. You but. know, um, and one is uh, ketamine or something like that. Yeah. But kind of interesting is that they're using it now. They're trying to figure out a way. It's the most potent antidepressant that they have found. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's potent. It no, I mean, worse. People will take it. They'll be zombied out for an entire day, but they'll come out and they'll be snapped out of this. But while they're zombied out, they're not depressed. So no, you're, afterwards, you're, when you're it comes out, it's like almost like a shock, electroshock. Therapy yeah, it's very much like that. But they're sort of trying to figure out a way to get this to work um, without the uh, mm-hmm. without the uh, having the effect of making people. Why drunk. would you know that? Huh? Why would you know anything like that? He actually knows a lot, our Charles. Well, uh, well he makes things up. No, it, and it came about because all of a sudden, you know, they, they had a bunch of antsy, nervous horses, so they gave him the tranquilizers, and all of a sudden you had the horses the next day no, after I'm they not, was out, they was prancing around in the field all happened. Then did that horse laugh. <laughs> oh, I'm saying, <laughs> why do you know that? Why do you know this information? Because I read stuff. I get, I, well I get psychology get, today and do things you? like that. Yeah, he's all right. Anyway, Carla met Paul at the Scarborough Restaurant on October 17, 1987. Now, this is right before Halloween of that year. Mm-hmm. While they were both Thank attending, you. they were both attending a convention in Toronto. I don't know what kind of convention. I guess uh, potential serial killer, yeah, sexual deviant. Yeah, whatever. We're due there this year, by the way. We're, <laughs> keynote, we're <laughs> keynote speakers. Yeah, <laughs> she was 17 and he was 23, so there was a few years difference, but not much. He proposed to her on December 24th, 1987. Now, as you know, December 24th is generally considered Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, two days before Boxer. I'm going to tell you one thing. That's bullshit right there. My mom, my parents got married on Christmas Eve. You don't, you don't, see, that's a way of getting out of buying a Christmas gift. Yeah, it was very When clever. you give the engagement ring on Christmas Eve, no, 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 no. Where you you got the engagement ring's got to be separate from Christmas. This is from a man who is a kept man. Mm-hmm. See, for most of us, other humans, mm-hmm. other guys that you know, we 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 have to plan for things like that. You, you're you're you sound you sound like a woman now. I went out and bought the bought the Mrs. Colonel's engagement ring, and uh, we got oh, it was in July. And we, uh, I did not know, we had not discussed marriage. We had not talked about marriage. Um, and I proposed to Mrs. Colonel. Bought the say? ring. Um, she said no. How did it turn out? Uh, she she, she was said no first. surprisingly said no. That's when I tried to date her. She <laughs> said no three times. <laughs> then she finally gave in to the Colonel charm. And, uh, and and horse and sedatives yeah. involved were involved there, right. and uh, you know once I untied her, and her out of the drunk, she had a good time. A little chloroform, yeah, yeah, mm, never hurt nobody. All right, so um, anyway, that is how Paul met Carla, and their love began to blossom. So very, very exciting for everybody. So Paul committed multiple sexual assaults between May of '87 and July of 1990. These attacks escalated in viciousness in and around Scarborough, Ontario. Most of the assaults were on young women whom he had stalked after they exited buses late in the evenings. Yeah, see, it's, it's dangerous taking a bus. Well, I know. You take your life in your hands every day, don't and you? The, cra- the crazy thing about this is, you know, what, what I always, and I've read about these people, is that he he's married mm-hmm. now to a, an ex- well, I think he's, he, or he's engaged, he, yeah, engaged, to an extremely... Willing 
submissive. And beautiful. Beautiful woman. Yeah, and it just proves my point that... It's a greedy bastard. It doesn't matter if you serve filet mignon every night. Mm-hmm. You want to have a shrimp cocktail every once in a while, didn't you? All right. So on May 4th, 1987, he was getting a shrimp cocktail every other day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are, you know, May 4th of 87, Bernardo committed his first rape in Scarborough against a 21 year old woman in front of her parents' house after following her home. The attack lasted more than a half an hour. So I don't know what he was doing, but it took a half hour. Well. No, because surely they're not doing foreplay. So, you know, half hour, give me a break. Well, I mean, it takes you. A good 10 minutes to get somebody tied up, right? Maybe she was doing full play. Yeah, maybe she was doing full play. Gross. May 14th, 1987, Bernardo committed his second rape. He attacked a 19-year-old woman in the backyard of her parents' house. That incident lasted over an hour. Damn, man. Uh, July 27th of 87, uh, Bernardo attempted a rape, and although he beat the young woman, he abandoned the attack after she fought back. And one of the things He's a creepy that, bastard. One of the reasons yeah. he's... Rapes are taking so long, um, and again, I read a book about these two idiots. So, um, is he liked to beat him first? So now he's the afore, the aforementioned, foremost authority. No, it's just you know why yeah, should let him so do the research and write the script? He, I'm just saying, just because I know, so I read the damn book now. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. A, he was. But he liked to beat on. Yeah, he was. A, yeah, he was a he's dick. gross. Okay, so. Uh, so he abandoned this one when she fought back. So he was, not only was he a dick, he was a pussy too. Yeah. That was uncalled for and ugly. My bad. Uh, no, I mean, I think you're right. He was a bully, and when someone stood up to him, you yeah. know, he, he runs he away. Didn't, he didn't like that. Right. Uh, December 16th of 87, uh, he finally gets to commit his third rape against a 15-year-old girl. Ugh. This rape lasted an hour, uh, and the following day, the, ter- the Toronto Police Service issued a warning to women in the Scarborough area traveling alone at night, especially those that were taking buses. December 23, 1987, there's another rape. During this attack, Bernardo raped the 17-year-old with a knife he used to threaten his victims. It was at this point that he began to be referred to as a Scarborough rapist. Anyway, Hold on, he while. used a knife to rape her, or That's he just used says. a knife in the assault? Yeah, I think he used it in the assault. Okay. Gross. Um, April 18, 1988, so he waited a little while. Had a little cooling off period. Had a cooling off, yeah. Well, I mean, these are reports. These are, again, rapes that were reported. So, right. I mean, there could well, be assaults. Well, there could be some that weren't yeah. reported. Um, Bernardo attacked a 17-year-old girl. Uh, this one lasted 45 minutes. May 25th of 88, Bernardo was nearly caught by a uniformed Metro Toronto investigator staking out a bus shelter. The investigator noticed him hiding under a tree and pursued him on foot, but Bernardo escaped. No. So he's hiding under it like, you can't see me? Yeah. Like an owl? He's yeah. <laughs> I'm a squirrel. Yeah. Just too bad. You, you know. don't see me. Yeah. Always, when we talk about these stories. Serial I am there, not there's the always you want. He there's always one or two close calls where if the guy if they had been just been caught, you know, right, it could have saved um, tragedy. May 30th of '88, Bernardo committed his sixth rape. This time in Clarkson, about 25 miles southwest of Scarborough. Uh, he attacked an 18-year-old, and it lasted 30 minutes. October 4th of '88, Bernardo attempted another Scarborough rape. His intended victim fought him off, but he inflicted two stab wounds to. Her 
wounds to her thigh and buttocks, which required 12 stitches. Ooh, stabbed in the buttocks. Yeah, you can't sit down, man, after that. No. You know, you say what you want about the guy, but he did not have the premature ejaculation problem. Clearly. Uh, November 16th of 88, Bernardo committed rape against an 18-year-old in the backyard of her parents' house. November 17th of 88, Metro Police formed a special task force dedicated to capturing the Scarborough rapist. December 27th, so he let the Lord's Day be the Lord's Day. Well, yeah. He probably um, banged Carla around real good. That was his anniversary. Well, an alerted neighbor chased Bernardo off after he begun to attempt his eighth rape. Eighth rape. Then he would take a long break. On June 20th of 1989, Bernardo attempted to rape another young woman. She fought against him and her screams alerted neighbors, and Bernardo fled with just scratches to his face. August 15th of 89, Bernardo committed another rape against a 22-year-old woman. He'd stalked her the previous night from outside the window of her apartment and waited for her to arrive home. This was a particularly vicious attack, and it lasted about two hours. Uh, Oh, holy God. uh, November 21st, 1989, again, he raped a 15-year-old whom he saw in a bus shelter. I hope, he, I hope this man was bringing some lube with him, because if he was going for two hours, they was probably getting raw and sore. Well, uh, this attack lasted think, 45 yeah, minutes. Beating. I mean, you, At least know, polite. It's, maybe it's not all sexual. Maybe it's some of it's, you know. He's uh, making him watch movies? What beating. Or, I mean, yes. who knows? He's, 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 <laughs> they he's screened a, Rocky real quick. He's a bit of a deviant, so it's hard to tell what he was doing the whole time. Um... On November 22nd, 89, uh, Bernardo committed rape against a 19-year-old. This attack occurred in the stairwell of an underground parking lot and lasted 30 minutes. Now he's how it up, so how, how do you off. stay in an underground park? You're, you're on the steps of an underground parking lot. Ain't nobody coming to get your car? Well, yes, maybe it's so. Uh, then we wait a while, and on May 26, 1990, Bernardo committed his 11th rape. This rape lasted over an hour. However, his 19-year-old victim's vivid recollection of her attacker permitted police to make a computer composite photograph, which was released two days later by police and published in the Toronto area newspapers. Uh, In July of 1990, two months after receiving tips that Bernardo fit the Scarborough rapist composite, he was interviewed by two police detectives. So he's just raping people left and right. Yeah, and his uh, Carla at this point doesn't know doesn't know about. Yeah, it she doesn't know what's going on yet. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so between May and September of 1990, the police had submitted more than 130 suspect samples for DNA testing. When they received two reports that the person they were seeking was Paul Bernardo, the first in June had been called in by a bank employee. The second call was received from Tina Smyrnas, the wife of. One of three Smyrna's brothers, who were among Bernardo's closest friends, and they were they were the flying Smyrna's, weren't they? In the circus, I think they the did something, yeah. or they walked tight ropes. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Smyrna's told the detectives that Bernardo had been called in on a previous rape investigation once in December 1987, but he'd never been interviewed. He frequently talked about his sex life to the brothers. Um, yeah. He liked Angelinus. 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 I want to go on record. I'm opposed to I that. believe that's called tossing the salad. Yeah. He's I'm opposed to tossing the salad. Which, 
Which, by Heaven, the way, hold on. Are you opposed to crossing or no, having a Either way, either way, it's off limits. This would make him very popular in prison later, yeah. though. Yeah, um, skills that he might put to use when he gets shipped away. So he enjoys that rough sex and the anal sex, Ooh. which I want to put on record that I am opposed to. We are both opposed to that. We I are. am opposed to. Anything having to do with the dirty flower. I don't I, like uh, it. Exit only. It's, I'm against it. Exit only. I am more of a free spirit. Um, <clears throat> the colonel's more of an open-minded man. So Really? Well, I'm just saying I'm not, you know, everybody has their own pe- peculiar taste. Taste, 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 and if they happen to like that. Who are you? It's, who am who I to say judge? that they should not? It's well, our job to judge. That's what we do every day. Yeah, well, that's it's kind of my a, hobby. It's kind of our whole podcast. The whole okay, yeah, didn't the colonel like hitting a dirty flower once in a while? It's ain't nothing wrong with it. I don't like we're hitting it. Or are you moving like on? Then I That's it. I don't know what I meant was if people like to hit the dirty flower, then I, I, I'm in full support of your right to do that. Moving on. What if they're hitting your dirty flower? I no, can't. the colonel completely opposed to that. One hundred percent opposed to. I'm opposed to <laughs> coming or going. How about you, Brandon? No, so if no dirty flower off if, limits. If you support Brandy and I, my position on the dirty flower, please let us know on Facebook. Well, the Colonel support exit being only. A, being a pitcher, exit not only. being a catcher. Well, I mean, other people can do it. I don't care about that. I'm saying for me, I'm out. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go and uh, cast dispersions on someone if they enjoy that. I'm just saying, like you, it's not on my menu. No. No. All right. And Brandy's saying, not on my watch. Well, and Brandy's <laughs> menu is pretty damn long. I mean, it's like yeah, Brandy, Brandy, it's like a buffet or, over there. Like it's Applebee's, yeah. man. Wow. God. Right. When Brandy says something's off limits, yeah. you know it's yeah. a hard yeah. hard limit. So, because Alex Smyrna's... Is, all right. Okay, so Alex Smyrna's must be Tina's husband. Right. Uh, they decided his phrasing was awkward and stilted. And it consequently left detectives unsure of whether or not to take him seriously. But after cross-checking several files, the detectives decided to interview Bernardo. The you know, if you're a suspect and a rape victim, don't go around telling people you eat ass. That's just all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, and it's probably that's a good life lesson, kids. <laughs> it is. And I wonder, <laughs> is that like, do you eat the ass and then get like a breath saver or do you brush I don't know if there's or, enough breath savers in the world. <laughs> you go around smelling like ass all day. I don't know. Uh, would you insult your uh, guest if you, you know, uh, use mouthwash afterwards? Is that imp- uh, improper? I don't, that- I don't know that. I don't know. This, we're mo- moving on. All right. Okay. We're getting into uncharted waters here, Tim. After oh, yeah. God, it's always okay. going to be uncharted territory for me. Yeah. <laughs> the interview on November twentieth, nineteen ninety, lasted thirty-five minutes, and Bernardo voluntarily gave samples for forensic testing. He, he jumped he, off right in the interrogating. I do this right now. I do this right now. Give me a cup. <laughs> he, no, he, just, he did the money shot right on the table. <laughs> when detectives asked Bernardo why he thought he was being investigated for the rapes, he admitted he did. He resembled the composite. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. I can see it. Yeah, I look like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. I can see a resemblance yeah. there around the eyes. Detectives mm-hmm. And I do eat ass. <laughs> yeah, and I eat ass. Okay. <laughs> But here, this is my favorite. Hold on. The detectives concluded that such a well-educated, well-adjusted, 
congenial young man couldn't be responsible for the vicious crimes. He was far more credible than Alex Smyrnas, who, with his awkward, strange way of speaking, just might have been trying to collect the reward. So Alex evidently is from Georgia or something. (laughs) He's from Russia, probably. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> so Paul Bernardo was released the following day. He is, he is being rapist. Yeah. He, he, they, so they didn't buy uh, no. the story that, <laughs> they, that he was. And again, another his one. ass breath didn't give him away when he got in there. Well, you also got the DNA. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand. Well, that how they just, missed, yeah, I don't know how they missed. So it. following the interview, Bernardo drove to nearby St. Catharines and held a secret meeting with Carla, Ooh. assuring her that he was not the Scarborough rapist yeah. because you know he's he a big. He's a big fat liar. <laughs> well, yeah. and he liar, certainly liar. wouldn't do that. Liar, liar, anal uh, tongue on fire. Anal tongue on fire, sure. Bernardo moved permanently to St. Catharines on February 1st, 1990. And the, surprisingly, then the sexual assaults in Scarborough stopped. Oh, it's a coincidence. Ooh. However, on April 6, 1991, Bernardo committed his 12th rape. This one in St. Catharines. Again, the victim was young. So he's starting to do it in his new home. Unlike the other attacks, this one occurred early in the morning and he was not near a bus stop. When she still worked at the pet shop two years earlier, Carla had befriended a then 15-year-old girl. On June 7, 1991, Carla invited the teen, referred to as Jane Doe, in the ensuing trials for a girls' night out. After an evening of shopping and dining, Carla took Jane Doe to 57 Baywood Avenue and began to ply her with alcohol laced with Hal... Is it Halcyon? Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the drug that she got from the vet. After Jane Doe lost consciousness, Carlo, Carla called Bernardo to tell him his surprise wedding gift was ready. <sighs> they undressed the girl, who was a virgin, and Bernardo videotaped Carla as she raped the girl before Bernardo vaginally and anally penetrated her. Yeah, so when he told Carla he wasn't the rapist, uh, you know, it didn't, I mean, I don't think she would have cared at Uh, that point. Yeah, right. Uh, The next morning, the teenager was nauseous. She believed her vomiting was due to having drunk alcohol for the first time. She did not realize she'd been violated. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for just a second because I'm sorry. If you're dirty flower, if you're deflowered that way, I think you know. Well, she was a well, kid. Know, she was a she kid. Did. She never had done anything, and she was, you know, she probably. Maybe don't you notice gentle. that your butt hurts? Maybe it was gentle. Well, you know what? Yes, he's known for being gentle. It could be that wasn't the first time she'd been dirty flowered. And um, well, I, you know, I, she, who knows? But she's a victim in all this. Plus, she probably woke up hungover. Yes, yeah, yeah. it might be the first time she ever been drunk or drugged. Mm-hmm. So her head was probably hurt and, more than you know, anything else. Yeah. But they, like, they, they pulled a, uh, a uh, what's that guy's name? The Bill comedian. Cosby. Bill Cosby on her, yeah. Yeah, and that won't get us sued. Okay. Well, have you ever seen, like, when they list the side effects of drugs like Xanax and things like that, yeah. it might say, could make your butt hurt? No. So, you know Xanax is a, um, drug, a rape drug in uh, Thailand? Really? Yeah, it's banned in Thailand. A rape drug? Uh-huh. But you can get rohypnol from, I don't know, from any place? Yeah. All right. I guess they use it for a date rape. She was invited back by Carla in August, this time to spend the night. Again, she was taken advantage of, and this time she stopped breathing after she was drugged and Bernardo had begun to rape her. 
Carla called 911 for help, but called back a few minutes later to say, oh, everything's all oh, right. We're good. We're good. He's breathing again. Yeah. yeah, we're all right. The emergency crew was recalled without follow-up. Jane Doe visited the couple once more on December 22nd, 1992. This time, Carla pressured her to have sex with Bernardo, but she became upset and left. You know, when you call 911, they have to send someone out yes. I mean, in the United States. I worked at a uh, suicide hotline. Which is crazy to me, but go ahead. <laughs> and um, one of the... One <laughs> of, like to get his ass That's like front. Eeyore working at the suicide <laughs> hotline. <laughs> we had a... Uh, we were... I was on a... Uh, we had a... High, we don't... I mean, you get a lot of calls. It wasn't suicide. You get all kind of shit. But anyway, we had uh, a caller who was high risk. And when they were high risk, this is back in the 90s, early 90s. You had to do a trace, and it's not like on TV where you just they just tell you who caused for a caller ID and all that. It was hard to trace them. They have to put a trap on. It was a whole deal. But anyway, we'd have to call the police, and they would they would get a hold of the operator, and then they would start tracking these calls. But we had an intern who I said, you know, I had this person on. I said, this is a high call, and saying, you know, wrote a note and posted it or whatever. It said, you know, contact police. They called nine one one. Nine one one had to come to our center where we had the suicide hotline they had to come around it gives this big old mansion that the, the this agency owned they had to look around every every room to make sure that everyone was okay in us and we kept saying no nah, we just needed you to trace this call this guy's an idiot but anyway that's my story you don't yell at him for pointless stories <laughs> it was relative to our story about 911 I I still have the image of Droopy Dog wearing a headset. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, what's your problem? We used to have a lady so. who would call, and she would call just to see if she was alive, <laughs> because she was an old lady. I do that. Yeah, she Sometimes was old, you have to check. Yeah, she was an old lady. She lived alone. Middle of the night, she'd call just to hear someone's voice to see alive. And we used to go, "Hello, hello." You know, no, just kidding. <laughs> Jump, do it. All right. Go to the light. Yeah. So by 1990, Bernardo was spending large amount of time with the Homolka family who liked him. He was engaged. Well, that's not to like. Uh, clearly, I know. He was engaged to the eldest daughter and flirted constantly with the youngest one. This is Tammy. Yes. He had not known them. Oh, he had not told them that he'd lost his job as an accountant and instead was smuggling cigarettes across the nearby U.S.-Canadian border. Oh, they tax the hell out of cigarettes up in Canada. He became yeah, I don't obsessed. think you can do that now. They're, the security is so mm-hmm. tight anymore. He became obsessed with Tammy Homolka, peeping into her window and entering her room to masturbate while she slept. Oh, well. Well, she was asleep. He didn't disturb. Yeah, so it's not like As long as you don't wake me up, up we're in yeah. good shape. Don't get it in my hair. Here's the thing. Carla helped him by breaking the blinds to her si- in her sister's window to allow Bernardo access. That's what she does in my office. Brandy will every time I, she come, leaves mm-hmm. my office. We got She's blinds. Got the blinds. Uh-huh, my blind yeah. is open, so she can peek in my office. Yeah. Why yeah. do you do that? I, well, I believe she I might not. be masturbating watching work, Timmy. <laughs> not ever in my whole life. I would hate to think you We would that. not judge you. No, she, she likes to you see. You should judge She me wants to see if I'm that. sleeping in my office or something. You but, should judge but me. But every time she leaves, the, the, my, my blinds are just a little skewed. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. Yes. In July, Bernardo took Tammy across the border to get beer for a party. While there, Bernardo later told his fiance they got drunk and they began making out. 
So here's the thing. Never leave the country with someone who sneaks in your bedroom in the middle of the night and masturbates over Right. Yeah. That's yeah, a rule. Don't, don't, cross, don't cross country lines. Yeah, don't, don't cross the border. Lines, but. According to Bernardo's testimony at his trial, on July 24, 1990, Carla Homolka laced spaghetti sauce with crushed Valium she'd stolen from her employer at the Martindale Animal Clinic. She served the dinner to her sister, who soon lost consciousness. Bernardo began to rape Tammy while Carla watched. Uh, this is, again, Carla's own sister. Yeah, five, five so years. they're an awesome couple. Yeah. Over the next summer... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Where he supplied Tammy and her friends with gifts, food, and sodas that had a film and a few white flecks on the top. I'm telling you, if that guy's giving me something to drink, I'm not drinking it. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I, you want the chunky Coke or you want the. Yeah. yeah. Uh, six months before their 1991 wedding, Carla stole the anesthetic agent Halothane from the clinic. That's the horse drug right there. On December 23, 1990, Homolka and Bernardo administered sleeping pills to the 15-year-old in a, ru- oh, a rum and egg co- eggnog cocktail. After Tammy was unconscious, Carla and Bernardo undressed her, and Carla applied a halothane-soaked cloth to her sister's nose and mouth. Halothane, sorry. A halothane-soaked cloth to her sister's nose and, nose and mouth. Carla wanted to give Tammy's virginity to Bernardo for Christmas. Yeah, as the thing is, it's not hers to give. Well, according to Carla, though, Bernardo was disappointed but not having been Carla's first sexual partner. Oh, so yeah. Carla's a whore, so she's yeah, making she was a hoe back. Yeah. I'm guessing, that she, I'm guessing she has some jealousy toward her sister. That's, Probably. that's my guess. Uh, with Tammy's parents sleeping upstairs, the pair filmed themselves as they raped her in the basement. Tammy began uh. to vomit. The pair tried to revive her, and then they called 911, but not before they hid the evidence, dressed Tammy, and moved her into her basement bedroom. A few hours later, Tammy Homolka was pronounced dead at St. Catherine's General Hospital without having regained consciousness. Uh, She was 15. She was. Uh Despite the pair's behavior, vacuuming and washing laundry in the middle of the night, and despite the presence of a chemical burn to Tammy's face, 
Niagara Re- Regional Coroner and the Homoka family accepted the pair's version of events. Just like the Keystone Cops. I'm telling you, they're missing so many opportunities, mm-hmm. these, these, these two. Um, the official cause of Tammy Homoka's death was accidental choking on her vomit after consumption of alcohol. Yeah, they think she gets that drunk. Do you watch the show Angie Tribeca? No, but that's kind of what this sounds like, isn't it? (laughs) It sounds very much like that show. The pair subsequently filmed themselves with Carla wearing Tammy's clothing and pretending to be her. They also moved out of the Uh, Homoka house to a rented port, Port Dalhousie bungalow to let her parents cope with their grief. That was thoughtful of them. Yeah, well, it's good stuff. I wonder if he tried to bang her at the layout. They dressed. She was they, the dre- they dressed. She dressed like. She dressed up like Tammy uh, and pretended to be her. Um, early in the morning on June 15, 1991, Bernardo took a detour through Burlington, halfway between Toronto and St. Catharines, to steal license plates. Where he to steal license plates, where he found Leslie Maffey, Mahaffey, Mahaffey, yeah, Mahaffey. The 14-year-old had missed her curfew after attending a funeral and was locked out of her house. And she'd been unab- unable to find anyone with whom she could stay overnight. She missed her curfew after attending a funeral? That's kind of yeah. hardcore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah. I'm sure her parents well, yeah, had right. to live with that with the rest of their life. Uh, Bernardo approached her and told her he was looking to break into a neighbor's house. Unfazed, she asked him if he had any cigarettes. <laughs> All right. You got to smoke? Right. You got to smoke. Yeah, she was 14. Here's um, the silverware. I need a cigarette. Let's see. As Bernardo led her to his car, he blindfolded her, forced her into the vehicle, and drove her to Point Port Dalhousie, whatever, where he informed Carla that they had a playmate. Bernardo and Carla subsequently videotaped themselves torturing and sexually abusing Mahaffey, <laughs> all while listening to Bob, Bob Marley and David Bowie. At one point, Bernardo said, you're doing a good job, Leslie, a damn good job. I wonder what Bob Marley tune he listened to. No woman, no cry. Uh, maybe. Then he <laughs> That's added... That's so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. Then he added, the next two hours are going to determine what I do to you. Right now, you're scoring perfect. Oh, she was like Nadia Kamenich. Was she nailing the landings? What was she doing? What was she... She was unconscious or something. I don't oh. know. You knew who I liked was... Then why uh, was he talking to her? Christy Yamaguchi. Man, she was Shocking hot. that you like Christy. Actually, I, see, I like this Dorothy, poor girl. I like, who's the little... Dorothy Hamill? No, 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 the little girl. Mary Lou Red. She that was just a different girl. sport. That Gymnastics? You don't Christy stick the Yamaguchi. landing in... Oh, I guess you stick the landing skating. in ice skating and in gymnastics. First of all, you two are making really bad metaphors out of two different things. What about Michelle Kwan? She is a little too young. Okay. Who got hit in the knee? Tanya Harding. No, Tanya Harding did. Uh, no, Tanya Harding was hot. Nancy no. Carey. Oh, she Tanya Harding was a hot one. She was a tramp. That's no, right. any Chuck girl Lester. that would get somebody to beat another girl with a stick. Did you see the video of Tanya Harding of her honeymoon? And Ew. She, she's got the she's got the spunk, man. Her husband's spunk in her hand, and she's showing it to the camera. It was gross. I did not watch that. And yet you've seen it. So. Oh, numerous times. <laughs> well, I'll probably watch it again tonight. That's gross. God. So it's a favorite on my phone. So this, <laughs> this poor little girl was awake when they were doing all this to her. Because in another segment of the tape played at Bernardo's trial, the assault escalates. 
and Mahaffey cries out in pain and begs him to stop. In the state's description of the scene, he was sodomizing her while her hands were bound with twine. For the, and hold on, for our listeners who may not know, sir, sodomizing is hitting the dirty flower. Which we disapprove of. We disapprove of rape of any type, but especially the uh, type that we're cool. and, now you're, we're, you're uh, describing. Okay. Yeah, you're getting into a whole nother, nother level. This prison rape now. Yeah, rape Later. by itself is pretty sick, but especially uh, anal uh, rape is particularly harsh. Although we disavow any type of that okay. sort of thing. We are trying to separate ourselves from anal rape. Yeah. Well, any type of rape. We, we condone We do not condone it. <laughs> I think you've been, you've been pretty clear. We need to put that on. Got the it. Yeah. All right. Against rape, rape bad. Right. Murder is bad, too. Later, Mahaffey told Bernardo that her blindfold seemed to be slipping, an ominous development as it signaled the possibility that she might be able to identify both her por- tormentors if permitted to live. Yeah, why would you do that? Would you, who, now, who told her? Was it the victim that told him that, or was it Carl? That's what it says. The victim, hey, excuse me, my, my, my hands are a little bit loose. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. The following day, Bernardo claimed Carla f- fed her a lethal dose of halicin. Uh, or halcyon. 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 Sorry, Homolka claimed that instead Bernard had strangled her. The pair put the body in their basement. But we can all agree that the girl, little girl's dead, and they put the body oh, in the basement. Oh, there's some cracks in the partnership here. Well, no, the thing is, well, we'll get into this a little bit later, but Bernardo, the, the, the punishment with Carla certainly doesn't fit the crime. No. Bernardo and Carla decided the best way to dispose of evidence would be to dismember Leslie and encase each piece in cement. Now, you gotta know what you're doing to get into dismemberment. Bernardo bought a dozen bags of cement at the hardware store the following day. He kept the receipts, which yeah. pro- would prove da- right. like he was going to mm-hmm. take it back. <clears throat> yeah, which would prove damning at his trial. Bernardo used his grandfather's circular saw to cut up the body. <sighs> they then made numerous trips to the dump, or I'm sorry, to dump the cement blocks in Lake Gibson, ten miles south of Port Dalhousie. At, one, at least one of the blocks weighed 200 pounds and proved beyond the pair's patience or abilities to sink. It rested near the shore where a father and son on a fishing expedition discovered it on June 29, 1991. Leslie Mahaffey's orthodontic appliance proved in identifying her. So, her retainer. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, um, well, at least she was using it. Well, yeah, but you remember when you were in school, like somebody would always, always wad their retainer up and in a napkin, and throw it away, throw it away, mm-hmm. with it. and you'd had to my dig boys did that before because your parents were going to whoop mm-hmm. your ass if they yeah. had to buy you another retainer. Well, yeah, this thing's like four hundred dollars a piece. I know. How, well, how, since we're on the topic of retainers, well, no, of throwing things away. What about the uh, cum rag? How did uh, you handle that, Colonel? As a young man. As a young man? Yeah. Well, you, I, I believe no. like every young man, you had the tube sock that you hid under your bed. Oh, God. Okay. The crunchy the tube sock. one over and over. You got two boys. You know about the crunchy tube sock. Timmy, you know about the crunchy tube sock. First of all, one, moving forward. Yes, please move on. You, wait a minute. Yeah, well, this you is all you. You you opened up this line of questioning. I'm just saying. And I regret it. Every 13-year-old boy has had a crunchy tube sock under his bed. I would like to apologize to our listening audience. Please move on. So, on the afternoon 
of April 16th, 1992, Bernardo and Carla were driving through St. Catharines to look for potential victims. It was after school hours on the day before Good Friday. So, it was Good Thursday. It was Monday Thursday. Friday Eve. Yeah. Monday Thursday. Huh? Monday Thursday. Whatever. Uh, students were still going home, but by and large, the streets were you empty. You no church, and she don't know nothing You know that no there's people holidays. who actually like his stories. I know it's hard to believe, but there's our, some of our listeners really like it, his retarded stories. No, I'm just saying. It's Monday, Thursday. You don't know what it's called. I don't know. The girl ain't been Monday, Thursday. Her whole life. Monday, Thursday is just stupid sounding. <laughs> it's either Monday or it's Thursday. That's a dumb sounding thing. So let me get on with it. Okay, fine. I'm just trying to help you out with your religion. Get some religion, girl. You really should look to him for spiritual advice. I will look to him. I don't look to him for advice crossing the street. Well, see, now that's where you're going wrong, girl. You you need some churching. You need some church, and you no. need Jesus in your life is what you need, girl. Got, you need Jesus. You need the Satan. Lord to come. You need to open up your heart. You need to open up your heart, girl, and let the Lord come in. Have you ever tried Christianity, Maybe Brandy? You would, have you ever tried it? Have you ever just tried loving I mean, yeah, you, you've tried all sorts of, you know, perverted sexual yeah. acts. Why don't you try the Lord? Try the Lord. As they pass. The Lord's like a drug, devil. Yeah. It's like a drug that you become addicted to. And... and and you'll fill your heart full of love. For love. For love. You'll be bursting with the love. And and you'll be joyful. Joyful. Oh, you sing, you sing, you sing. And the most important thing, you're going to find your way to heaven. Damn right. You'll see St. Peter right at the pearly gates. At the gates. What you guys are going to need And all to you got to do is one time. One, asking for forgiveness of all the sinfulness you led in that sordid life you've had. Oh, she may, but she may need it. In there for free. The ticket's free. All you got to do is ask for it. Change your life. You need to change your life. You need to get some church in the gym. Close your collective cock holsters. I have got to get to Disney on Ice I just at like 7.30. Using the term cockholder is not going to get you to have it. It's not going to. St. Pete ain't liking this Thank you, Jerry Falwell. I got <laughs> yeah. this. I'm good. Yeah, you're, you're, so, you just made Jesus cry. As what's well, more important? You know, I'm sure it's not the first time. What more is more important? Mickey Mouse on ice skates or, or your, your eternal, eternal soul. soul? Yeah, Mickey Mouse. So anyway, as they pass Holy Cross you Secondary School... A main Catholic high school in the city's north end, they spot Kristen French, finally a decent name. Kristen French, a 15-year-old student, walking briskly. To was her she Christian home. and was she French? I believe yeah. so. She her was name a was Jewish Kristen. Canadian. Her name was Kristen. Oh, okay. That's a pretty name. The couple okay. pulled into the parking lot of the nearby Grace Lutheran Church, and Carla got out of the car, map in hand, pretending to need assistance. As oh, French, she's a victim. I shouldn't have My first church is Grace Lutheran Church. That's a coincidence. As French looked up at the map, Bernardo attacked from behind, brandishing a knife oh. and forcing her into the front seat of the car. I would like to apologize because I didn't mean I didn't know she was a victim. From her Even back though I wrote seat, it. right? Yeah, he did the From her back attack. seat, Carla controlled the girl by pulling down her hair. French took the same route home every day, taking about fifteen minutes to get home in order to attend to her dog's needs. Soon after she should have arrived, her parents became convinced that she'd met with foul play and notified police. Within 24 hours, Niagara Regional Police, NRP, had assembled a team and searched the area along her route and found several witnesses who'd seen the abduction from different aspects, thus giving police a fairly clear picture. 
In addition, one of Kristen's shoes recovered from the parking lot underscored the seriousness of the abduction. Over three days, over the three days of Easter weekend, Bernardo and Homolka videotaped themselves as they tortured, raped, and sodomized Kristen French, oh. forcing yeah. her to drink large amounts of alcohol and to be behave and to behave submissively to Bernardo. At Bernardo's trial, Crown Prosecutor Ray Houlihan said that Bernardo always, his nickname was Hot Lips. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the prosecutor? Yeah. Sergeant, Hot Lips prosecutor Hot Lips Houlihan. Yeah. Said that Bernardo always intended to kill her because she was never blindfolded and was capable of identifying her captors. Oh, and by the way, he was also a dick. Yeah. Yeah, he was a dick and a killer. Hot Lips was a dick? No. No. Or Bernardo. Okay. No, Bernardo. Yeah, I said he planned to kill her because he never had her blindfolded and he yeah, was a dick. When he was pecker Yeah. The following day, the couple murdered French before going to the Homolkas for Easter dinner. So they killed her and then went and had ham. <laughs> Carla testified at her trial that Bernardo had strangled French for exactly seven minutes while she watched. Bernardo said Carla beat her with a rubber mallet because she tried to escape and that French ended up being strangled on a noose tied around her neck. Can you kill someone with a rubber mallet? You can. I believe you can. Yeah. Secured to a hope chest, which is ironic. Immediately thereafter, Carla went to fix her hair. Well, yeah. French, well, yeah. You know what? I, this Carla's a bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah, she is. Uh, let's see. French, French's nude body was found in a ditch on April 30th, 1992 in Burlington, approximately 45 minutes from St. Catharines, and a short distance from the cemetery where Leslie Mahaffey was buried. It had been washed and the hair had been cut off. It was originally thought that the hair was removed as a trophy, but Homolka testified that the hair had been cut to impede identification. Oh, give a haircut. Yeah. Well, so You see why I don't like these people? I, I know... Did I come to you? And, am I a part of their fan club? I'm just saying, I don't like them. I don't like yeah. Paul or I don't like Carla. Especially I don't like Carla because she walks. But I don't like either one of them. Okay. Well, and here's... Okay, so this whole thing's going on. And they're starting to get a little bit of, a, uh, of tension between them. Mm-hmm. Because while Carla's going on with this, she's realizing that uh, she's not the focal point of his affection. She does... Even That's though, what's wrong with the picture. No, I mean, she's, she's jealous of these girls that she's he jealous. keeps raping. Yeah. And, and she has proven herself to be pretty submissive over time, and she engaged in very painful sexual acts. Which is fine if you want to do that, but don't go be picking off kids off the street. But right? here's, here's a, oh, okay, to me, what is this? I mean, I'm, I have no problem with two consenting adults want to do BDSM, that's fine. But... When you start kidnapping innocent people and dragging them into it and making no, here's where here's take. the peculiar part of this. All right, here's is the peculiar part. Paul, no, I mean the peculiar part of her behavior is Paul starts beat beating on her. Yeah, well. he starts beating the hell out of her. You know, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for her. Yeah, but that's it. That proves to be his downfall. Yeah, okay. because he starts punching the shit out of this girl, and it. Uh, so regardless, all the insane shit that this Carla did. Mm-hmm. Paul physically abusing her was yeah, he's like an asshole. that was the hard limit for her. No. Yeah, that was it. You're not going to hit me. You can kill half um, the town, but now she didn't you're not leave. Me. She had two big ass black eyes, bruises all over, but she didn't leave him. And her reasoning was Brandy, I love him. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, and she goes over to uh, her parents intervened. They see all this, you know. They see her with the black eyes, and bruises. 
and they get Carla to take refuge in the, in the home of one of her sister Lori's friends, whose husband was a policeman. So now, you know, she's like, the parents are jumping in, mm-hmm. and all this because this dumb shit, he, he poison women, choke women, rape women, do whatever. And she goes along with it, and she's doing it too, and, and then he, you know, is doing rough sex to her, but but she can't take, and really it was jealousy is what it was. Right. Um, so anyway, now she's living with a Toronto cop. And this was before the Toronto police had all this forensic evidence to convict him as a Scarborough rapist. So in early February, about a month later, the police investigation of Paul intensifies, but then both the Toronto police and the Ontario Green Ribbon Task Force wanted to interview Carla. They also wanted to finger they wanted to fingerprint her and question her about a Mickey Mouse watch that was very similar to Christian. Kristen French's watch. Yeah, so she had a watch in her possession that one of the victims, the, less, the latest victims. Yeah, now initially a bunch of detectives interviewed her for like five hours and the questions asked, Carla understood that the, by, that Carla realized that they were tying Paul up with these Scarborough rapes. The gig is up. And she's pretty nervous, so she decides to get herself a good lawyer and uh, and um she was, while she was a veterinary assistant, she'd taken care of this guy's dog, this guy George Walker. So she calls him up. So over a period of a lot of interviews, George Walker realizes that um, she was not necessarily the innocent victim that she was painting herself out to be. But he didn't really understand it, what, what her role had been in here. To the extent that it was. Yeah, to right. the extent it was. So even a lawyer can't figure out how guilty is she. You know, because she was a very she was a very charming and persuasive woman. She had perfect thirty six C breasts. Well, and, uh, I mean, you know, give her props. Well, that'll throw credit her off credit, when you're talking to her. Credit, I mean, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Carla was shocked and afraid, but uh, she took care of uh, her anxiety with much like you do, Timmy. Large amounts of painkillers and alcohol and Xanax and Xanax. Yeah. There you go. Now, on February 19th, the police decided to get a search warrant for Paul and Carla's home, and they found an amazing, amazing, it was a treasure trove of evidence that they found in here. Wow. What'd they find? Oh, Paul had a written description of every one of the Scarborough rapes, an extensive library of books and videos on sexual deviation. Well, now let's not cast. Just because you have that don't mean you're a killer, right? No, you're fine, Timmy. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're fine. Your sexual deviation does not mean that okay. you're going to kill somebody. Thank you, Colonel. He had books on pornography and books about serial killers, and they found one brief video that indicated there had been more than one lascivious person in the Bernardo household. Hmm. Quite explicitly, the short video showed Carla as an enthusiastic lesbian in sexual acts with two other women. Give Some of a, these were available online, I think. Yeah, give the colonel a minute here. Yeah. Um, I, they, they had a video of her masturbating. It was, I think it was available on, like, Live Links or something. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was Live Links, but it was on some website. But I don't know if it's still available or not. Well, a week later, the attorney, and Maury Siegel, he was a plea bargain specialist for the attorney general, discussed the deal for Carla. Carla would get 12 years in prison. See, that's bullshit. For each of the two victims, but the sentence would be served concurrently. So he really, you know, and this, 
Listen, is this an important distinction to make? Concurrent and consecutive. Mm-hmm. If you get sentenced concurrently, that means yeah, you got one sentence. You're serving two for one. Mm-hmm. If you get a two years, two one year sentence concurrently, mm-hmm. that means after a year you've <coughs> served them both. But if they're consecutive, that means you got to serve one before you serve the other. I think our audience is pretty sharp, and they know the difference between concurrent well, and Well, not all of our lawyers have passed the bar like you did, Jim. I'm just saying, our listeners are pretty He didn't bright. pass the bar. Oh, that's right. He, he didn't. I have a, where did you get your guys' law degree? I just like what I'd like to know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty well-known jailhouse lawyer. I, I know you're a minister. Uh, you got your minister uh, license online. I did. I did. You can marry people, which is kind of scary. Now think about this. I think about everything. This. See, how do you get a minister's life license when you're going to hell? That's yeah. what I don't understand. She's going to pull yeah. that. You know, she's going to pull what? that when you she know gets what up. She likes. She, she gets up. The, she gets up. The it's Saint like Peter. the girl she's trying like, to. Yeah, hey, get this online. You know, it's like the girl trying to get into the bar with her sister's fake ID. Yeah. She's going to yeah. be going up to the pearly gates, and they're, yeah. she's going to be like, "No, I got this," and they're going to yeah. look at it like. Yeah. Yeah, no, this ain't going to work for you, devil. So why don't you think about it? I mean, just think about it. Uh, listeners, I would encourage you to encourage pray, the pray devil. Pray for Brandy. Yeah. Pray for Brandy's soul. Yeah, put some on the Facebook page. We're thinking about you. We're praying for your eternal soul yeah. and hoping you don't get the eternal damnation. It's inevitably coming your way. With us, Brandy. Yeah. I quit listening. So, anyway. That is why you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just you I doubt if that's the reason. <laughs> the truth shall set you free, devil. Yeah, Listen I, here. We're yeah. telling you the truth. The truth We're does truth set you free. It does set yeah. you free. So, anyway, let's get back to Carla. You, Could we? Devil, you distract us. Anyway, a week later now, they're trying to work out this plea bargain. Carla's going to get 12 years in prison for each one. But at, here's the thing. She'd be eligible for parole in a little over three years with good behavior. The government even agreed to contact the parole board on Carla's behalf, pointing out to them the importance of a testimony against Paul. They didn't really want her. They wanted Paul because he was doing the rapes. He was doing the killings. He was doing... Carla was involved, but she... He was a raping and a killing. He was a raping and a killing fool. Um, So... He would do, and he was trying to get Carla to serve out a sentence in a psychiatric prison. Um, the yeah, trial because, was brief. You know, two years is way too much to spend for yeah. killing four people. And she waived most of her rights in exchange for leniency. Carla would agree to tell the absolute truth, nothing but the truth, the whole truth about her involvement in the crimes and everything she knew about them. Carla agreed unconditionally to these terms. Now, in early March, Carla checked into a psychiatric hospital for assessment. She was given heavy doses of drugs and insisted on being given even larger doses. And then she wrote a letter to her parents. She got the nerve and she said, Dear Mom, Dad, and Lori, This is the hardest letter I've ever had to write and you'll probably all hate me once you've read it. I've kept this inside for so long that I just can't lie to you anymore. Both Paul and I are responsible for Tammy's death. Paul was, air quotes, in love with her and wanted to have sex with her. He wanted me to help him. He wanted me to get sleeping pills from work and drug her with. He threatened me and physically and emotionally abused me when I refused. Poor thing. No words can say... No words I say can make you understand what he put me through. So stupidly, I agreed to it. 
My bad. But something, maybe the combination of drugs and the food she ate that night, or, you know, just the drugs. Yeah, just the uh, horse uh, tranquilizers. Caused her to vomit. I tried valiantly, so hard to save her. I am so sorry. She tried valiantly. Well, she called 911, and she didn't call them back and say, forget it. She didn't do it that time. She let him come. Yeah, but no words I can say can bring her back. I will gladly give my life for hers. I don't expect you to ever forgive me. You know, me. I think your family would probably gladly give their life for hers, too. Yeah, for I will never forgive myself. Carla, and she put two little X's and O's there. Oh, That's hugs and kisses for those of you. It not. is hugs mm-hmm. and kisses. Oh. Yeah, so that's... Uh, that's where she, uh, um, that's where we get up to her trial. Mm-hmm. So Carla's trial was a media circus. Well, uh, yeah, she was hot and she was naked and there was videotape. And yeah, was- so it began on June 28, 1993. Um, in court, she wore a schoolgirl's tartan kilt and blazer. That's nice. Carla now. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, me and Timmy just Carla now looked somewhat matronly. Uh, her Major. Her boobs were bigger. But her clothes were out of place with the false eyelashes, the deep red lipstick, heavy caked foundation. So you're saying she looked like a matronly whore. She, if she was matronly, then she looked like a matronly, matronly Lolita. Oh, Lolita. After Lolitas, you got to watch out for them. Her psychiatric report. Does matronly just mean big boobed? I, I think it's manly. I always think it was like a, you know, no, I think old, it's matron. Older. Older. older uh, so, so the devil be matronly. You, you know, you think of a war. Because you're 40, uh, right? Uh, uh, you're 40? No, that's when you're 40, you're a man. You become a man. Oh. Matronly would be like 35, 36. Oh, okay. yeah. Stop talking. Well, I mean, you got kind of large bosoms, right? Then you're old. You so. did say plural. You did use the plural for that. Bosoms? Yeah. Yeah. That's the French word bosoms. for breast. Oh, my God. Okay. For those who don't... Well, you didn't know he spoke French, did you? I don't care. Her psychiatric report helped set the stage for the plea bargain deal. Dr. Malcolm, the psychologist, concluded that Carla knew what was happening, but she felt totally helpless and unable to act in her own defense or in anyone else's defense. She was, in my opinion, paralyzed with fear, and in that state became obedient and self-serving. And so she, was self-serving. she was self-serving. I agree with yeah. that. Uh, at the end of the trial, the media people left, allowed only to report a few of the details so that the jury pool that would be selected in the future for Paul's trial would not be tainted by information they heard or read before <laughs> the trial. She said taint. Yeah. I did. <laughs> Carla left the trial after receiving the agreed sentence and prepared herself for what was sure to be an ordeal, the trial of her husband, Paul Bernardo. Uh, the trial of Paul Bernardo was delayed for two years after his arrest. One of the reasons for the delay was that Bernardo had placed his first lawyer, Ken Murray, in a very difficult ethical situation. Bernardo had given Murray the videotapes that he and Carla had made of their adventures, believing that by doing so, they would never get into the hands of prosecutors. He is stupid. Yeah, he never heard of Discovery, I guess. I guess. Uh, Let's see. However, the prosecutors knew of the videotapes from Carla and had wiretapped Murray's conversations with Bernardo, which is illegal here in the United States, but evidently not there. Right. Well, yeah. Well, it depends on what state. In terms of uh, uh, wiretapping, you mean? 
Well, I mean, he can't, you know, attorney-client privilege, they can't tap that. No, no. But at the same time, his lawyer lawyer was acting unethically. I mean, I don't know what the the rules rules are in Canada. Right. But his lawyer, if his lawyer has evidence, he's required to turn it over. over. Uh, Eventually, the pressure increased, and Murray had to do something about the videotapes in his possession. The videotapes were turned over to the prosecution, and Murray withdrew from the case. Veteran defense lawyer John Rosen took his place as Bernardo's lawyer. This series of activities alone caused a delay of one year in the start of a trial. In May 1995, Bernardo's trial began in Judge Patrick Lesage's courtroom with the videotapes as crucial pieces of evidence. Bernardo faced two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of aggravated sexual assault, two counts of forcible confinement, Two counts of kidnapping and one count of performing an indignity on a human body. Oh, you performed some indignities, all right. Odd. Uh, the prosecutor, Ray Houlihan, Hot Lips. Hot Lips. Hot Lips is back. Uh, began with a segment showing Carla naked masturbating with the camera focused on her her mommy parts. Yeah. Woohoo! That's a vagina, Chuck, if you didn't know what she was referring to. Oh, vagina. Her nether naughty. <laughs> her, her, uh, JJ. The JJ? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Nick Prawn in her love Lethal. Mm-hmm. Her <laughs> happy place. Happy place. Her little Your man. happy place. The little man in the canoe. No, that's not the same thing. Creepy cavern. <laughs> Nick Prawn. Prawn in Lethal Marriage. <laughs> Nick Prick. Yeah. Describes the electrifying effect the video had on the courtroom. I bet it did. I bet it did. Several people had to go out to smoke. Yeah, Gasps of surprise and disgust. Get out that tube sock out. <laughs> perhaps even shock, along with plenty of embarrassed giggles, could be heard throughout the courtroom. That'd be awesome. As the camera lingered on Homoka's exposed body for several minutes as she stimulated herself. <laughs> For the previous two years, ever since her arrest, Mocha's face had been almost as well-known as the Prime Minister's. Now her vajayjay was as well-known. Mm-hmm. She had been seen on television in footage taken at her wedding with her friends and at her trial, but few people, people in the courtroom that day mm-hmm. were expecting to see a triple X-rated tape. Nobody thought they'd see her vajayjay. Yeah. A close study of the country's most infamous women in a variety of... One of the country's most infamous women in a variety of sexually explicit positions. Yeah, it's hard to then. It, then it's hard to come back and say, uh, I, you know, yeah. I was a victim. You're yeah, sitting there twiddling was, yourself. When you got the, when you're flashing the finger hut to the people. Yeah. <laughs> God. It seemed like an odd way for the prosecutor to treat his star witness. However, Hot Lips explained that the dialogue in the videos had been scripted by Bernardo and was a good example of how he forced his will on Carla. He wrote a script like I did. Yeah, he did. I, I hope she read it better than you guys do. She cannot. Well, it's kind of hard to do when you're, you know, busy twiddling. When you got to, when she was, she was playing with the meat wallet. What? You're looking up names, aren't you? You look that up on your phone. You're so ridiculous. <laughs> Just, tape- I don't like the term vagina. It seems too medical and sterile. And I don't like JJ because it's so, I mean, so call it what it is. I mean, call it, call it axe wound. Um, axe wound. I'm going to take your phone. Um, That's disgusting I mean, and derogatory. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the penis fly trap. <laughs> That's funny. Cave of Wonders. Okay. Stop talking. 
Um, <laughs> the Pink Fortress. <laughs> oh. Okay. And Hippo Jean. <laughs> the tape was clearly geared to sexually excite Bernardo. What else Carla? You <laughs> Juice box. <laughs> As Carla talked of procuring 13-year-old virgins for him to rape. Daddy played a jukebox. <laughs> jukebox. The whole dialogue was an articulation of Bernardo's sexual fantasies with the goal of bringing him to a climax. Carla played the role of the sex slave and Bernardo was the king. As more of these videotapes of Leslie, Kristen, and Jane were shown, the jury was provided with indisputable and powerful evidence of Paul Bernardo's sexual depravity. Baby cannon. <laughs> As if that were not enough, Carla was called to the stand to elaborate on what jurors had just seen and heard. What she described in her relationship with Paul was an escalating theme of sexual degradation similar to when Paul had begun with other girlfriends before he met Carla. So what you're saying is he, he abused her, be- her bearded oyster. In Carla, the willing victim, the degradation knew no boundaries. He made her wear a dog's choke collar he inserted wine bottle into her nether naughty. Oh, no, that's not... Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Oh, oh. What kind of wine bottle? <laughs> was it? it was a Merlot. <laughs> what do you say? What year? I don't know. Is there ever a good year for Merlot? <laughs> well, I think when you go to the liquor store, do you say... Oh, I mean, it's now, a big difference what, if you're going to get oh, some, you know. What goes with the stench trench? I... <laughs> Was it a nice bottle of rosé? Yeah. Was it a, ma- a Magdal 2020? I mean, it makes the difference. I just said it was you know, a bottle of I'm having, I'm having a pink taco for dinner. <laughs> I don't know what that uh, And he almost strangled her with a wire cord to satisfy his sadistic fantasies. He almost? Yeah. Almost. Paul told her that his choke fantasy was important to him, and it wouldn't hurt anybody, yeah. except for the people that it killed. <laughs> right. He told her that she was nothing without him, and he would call her names like slut, bitch, and the C word that I hate. When the defense had its turn in the courtroom, John Rosen attacked Carla's credibility. His goal was to show that she was not the victim she portrayed herself to be, but a willing participant in the couple's murder and rape spree. He was, at least, successful in showing Carla to be a morally vacuous woman with no remorse for her part in these crimes. So her soul was much like her vagina. In particular. What's another word for vagina? uh, No. Another word? Well, you got the chasm of doom. Okay. In particular, Kristen's murder had been committed at a particular time so that Carla and Paul could spend Easter dinner with Carla's parents. Immediately after Kristen was strangled, Carla left to blow dry her hair. Well, she's big on blow dry her hair in the middle of murder. Spread. It was not immediately clear at the trial, it, but it became clear shortly after that Carla had cleverly manipulated the circumstances of her cooperation with the government to engineer one of the worst deals that the Canadian government had ever made with a criminal witness. Yeah, I'd say that was a pretty bad deal. Well, for the government, yeah. Regardless of Carla's degree of guilt or innocence and the deal she had made with authorities, it did not save Bernardo from the the outrage that he kindled in the minds of the jurors. On September 1st, 1995, Bernardo was convicted on, on all charges against him regarding the kidnapping, rapes, and murders of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. He also faced trials in the death of Tammy Homolka, and the serial rapes in Scarborough. Under Canadian law, Bernardo can apply for parole after 25 years in prison, although it is likely that he will be that although it is unlikely <laughs> that he will be successful in any parole bid. So what you're saying is No, nope, what uh, I'm saying is it's Timmy's turn to wrap he this up. He was not up. nice to her panty hamster. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
Money maker. The money maker. You know, love love taco. When you take a trip to the Grandest Canyon, going you should to Disney on ice sometime. Okay, let's talk. So let me wrap this up. So Paul. During uh, the interrogation of Carla in 1993, uh, police uh, Carla found, police said that uh, Carla had told him that the police that uh, Paul had once bragged to her that he had raped as many as, as 30 different women, twice the number of the assaults police had suspected him of committing. Uh, and she just had a name for him. She had a pet name for him, the Happy Rapist. So, Aww. Yeah, sweet. Um he had been so when uh, he had uh, was uh, found guilty. He was kept in segregation uh, for his own safety. Nonetheless, he had he had been attacked and harassed while in prison. He once was punched in the face by another inmate. That's a bummer. While returning from the shower, that was in 1996. Uh, in 1999, five convicts uh, tried to storm the segregation uh, unit to get a hold of him and beat him, but he lived. The riot squad had to come in and use gas to disperse the crowd. So he's not a very popular guy. In, uh, oh, in I bet they turned his poor, poor anus into just a set of meat curtains, Demi. Dirty flour. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Toronto, the Toronto Star reported on February 24, 2006, that Bernardo had admitted having sexually assaulted at least 10 other women in the attacks not previously attributed to him. So when we had these gaps in his... You right, know, they, yeah. Um, perhaps he was. Uh, they were just went unreported. Um, but uh, he, um, in 2006, he gave an interview in prison, suggesting that he had reformed yeah. and would make a good parole candidate. Uh, he was not. He's not. El- he was not eligible until 2010. Uh, but. Uh, they didn't give him much of a chance. He wasn't paroled in 2010. He's not eligible again until 2020. So we have that to look forward to in a few mm, years. Maybe he'll be dead by then. Uh, but they don't think he'll ever get out. In September of 2013, he was moved to the Kingston Penitentiary. Um, uh, f- oh, I'm sorry, he was moved from the Kingston Penitentiary because it was closing to a, the Millhaven Institute in Bath, Canada. Uh, and he's kept in uh, a segregation unit. In 2015, Paul reportedly applied for a day parole in Toronto. You know, just to go out, do a little shopping, right? Watch he's got things yeah, to do. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, that was not approved. In 2015, uh, also November 2015, just a few months ago, uh, Bernardo self-published an ebook on uh, Amazon. Well, uh, called and it's titled "A Mad World Order." Which uh, he had six uh, six hundred thirty one pages of violent fictional thriller. Jesus, which referen- made references to uh, characters uh, Illuminati and the Mexican drug cartel. I mean, he you know, yeah, so he's he sounds like he's quite the writer. So. Well, he yeah. published his uh, little book on uh, e uh, Amazon yeah, as an ebook, and uh, Amazon took it down when they figured out what was going on. But it became a bestseller. <laughs> It was a became a bestseller on Amazon. Even time. Amazon has standards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they did, did it have a title? I don't have. Yeah, yeah. A mad, mad, a mad world order in which he talks about the 631 pages. He talks about. Uh, it was a fictional thriller talking about the Illuminati and characters as such as the Mexican drug cartel members and Russian militants. So he's quite imagination art, little Paul. See now, the but he's a prick a, and he's still alive, and I don't like him. 
the the Colonel, blanket. While we're talking about Amazon, you can get on Amazon. While we're talking about pricks. The Colonel got a self-help book for, for men who can't find their way around the... Uh, Erectile dysfunction? The lady parts. If you, if you haven't... If, how is your... Uh, if, by, before I get into it's the car, fine, uh, it's how, fine. how is your impotence problem? It is fine. And um, anyway, the, it, for the men who have trouble working their way around, finding their way around the back cave... Uh, the colonel has okay. written a self-help book describing the parts, describing what they do, how the f- women plumbing operate, um, and and I. How have you done that? Well, years of research. Because you don't know. Um, and the title of the book, just look up the history, Colonel. Uh, the title of the book is called Lawrence of Alabia. <laughs> <laughs> All that just to get that fun in. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Now here's here's a question for you, Devil. Can, man, I can't, can I get in the Carla first, and then you can ask me a question? In the what? Can I tell? Finish can you up get into Carla? Can I finish up what uh, everybody else has? Oh, I ahead. thought you were finished. No, no, no. I want to finish up with Carla because this bitch, she's still alive, and you know I don't like her. I don't like her either. Alive. Well, Paul's still alive. At least he's incarcerated, writing. He's putting. You know, he's being creative, writing books. Carla, after her 1995 testimony against Paul, uh, she was sent to the Kingston Prison for Women. Uh, Her mother had a breakdown. Um, So, sorry about her mom. Her mom did have a rough way to go, losing her 15-year-old daughter. Well, yeah, that'll cause a breakdown. But anyway, um, she was moved to Joliet Institution, which is a medium security prison in Joliet, Quebec. In 1997, a facility referred to as Club Fed by the critics, so it must be an easy place. There she had an affair with Linda Verono, ah. who was serving time for a series of armed robberies. She was hot, too. And no, I don't think she was. She was serving time. She was kind of butch. Well, unless you like that sort of thing, Colonel. Anyway, she uh, served a series of—she was serving time for armed robberies and— um, and when she got out, she reoffended just so she could be back with Carla. So you know, she she had a good thing. She knew a good thing when she yeah. had it. She knew which side of her, her honey bun was buttered. While <laughs> while being evaluated in two thousand in two thousand, Carla told her psychiatrist that she did not consider her relationship with um, Lydia, excuse me, a homosexual relationship because Lydia was in the process of undergoing a sex a sex change. Now, on 11, uh, January 11, 2008, the Canadian press reported that letters written by Linda to Lydia had, been, had appeared on eBay, and they were um, uh, bid, people were bidding on it, their love letters. It was going up for $1,600. By Linda to Lydia? <coughs> yeah, by uh, Carla to Lydia. Oh. I'm sorry. By Carla to Lydia. They, she, apparently, they'd been writing each other love letters when Lydia got out. And uh, she put those letters on eBay, and, there you and go. Uh, people started bidding. It got up to sixteen hundred bucks. But uh, public, there was some public outrage over Carla's uh, plea deal, um, and it continues today. People are really upset at the government that they let her off with a, such a slap on the wrist because she was released from prison. Um, she was released after just a few years, serving just a few years, and. Um, she that was in the, um, she was released July fourth, two thousand five. You know, Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. It was Independence Day for her. So she didn't serve very much time at all. Um, after all these 
terrible acts that she committed with her uh, husband, Paul. She walks. She ended up changing her name. Uh, She got married, moved to the Caribbean. um, Guadalupe. Guadalupe. And uh, they had a baby. Her and her new husband had a baby. Three babies. Three babies. And changed her name to Leanne Teal. T-E-A-L-E. Now... She was trying to get her criminal record erased and have her uh, so it would cover up, it wouldn't show up in background checks when she applied for jobs and such. That's too freaking bad. Um, uh, but it, it did, she was able to have it partially expunged, but it, she can't get jobs working with children or other vulnerable people, like anyone alive. Um, right. <laughs> Anybody who might be able to be killed and raped. In 2010, Public, uh, Public Safety Direct Minister Vic Toes said an agreement had been reached between all federal parties to pass a bill that would prevent notorious offenders like Carla from obtaining a pardon in the future. So she got pardoned for her dastardly <clears throat> deeds. Um, so uh, in 2012, she was living in Guadalupe under the name Leanne Bordellis with her husband and three children, but it's now believed that she, Carla, is back living in Quebec. So, Carla, if you're listening, screw you. I don't like you. Any words for Carla, Brandy? Fuck you. Uh, Colonel, any words for Carla if she's listening? No, no words for Carla at all. I don't want the girl to come and kill me and chop. I do have a question for the devil, though, as we was throwing all these names about because, you know, I don't like, you know, the vegetarian. Use profanity. Um, and men tend, you can back me up here, Tim. You, you tend to name your own member, don't you? You have a name for him. I mean, the yeah, colonel, yeah, yeah, the colonel yeah. has the mighty sword. Right. Right. And uh, do women do that, devil? Sometimes. Do you have, like, the notorious V-A-G or something like that? I mean, a name for the thing? What does your friends call theirs? I don't. I don't know. You don't talk about that stuff? I do, but I never thought to... I never thought... I don't think my friends call theirs... By any names? By There are no names. A no rose names? A rose by any other name. Oh, see, now, you'll be, you know, out with your friends or something, and somebody say, hey, I got to go take care of Earl here. He he yelling, he barking, I got to drink. use a little girl's room. Because we're not Neanderthals. I'm just saying, I think the notorious VAG is a good one. I like that one, too. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. Um, I'm going to make that your new nickname. (laughs) Any final thoughts, (laughs) (laughs) thoughts, Brandy, on uh, Paul or Carla, the Ken and Barbie killers? No, I'm glad we did this one finally. It was a good one. Well, it depressed me. I don't like these people. I have to go to Disney on Ice now with all this, so. Are you going to see, do you expect to see, well, you said you'd probably see Goofy. I expect to see Toy Story, Woody and Buzz and Jesse. I expect to see them. Nice. Yeah. Do they do the Cars series? I don't know if they'll do Cars or not. Well, I, I, I hope you have a good time. I will. Yeah. Colonel, uh, any final thoughts? I have no thoughts on Disney on Ice. Or anything. Um, or really anything because it's lunchtime and I'm hungry. Yeah, this um, podcast has been quite lengthy, I would say. It's been a lengthy one, like, kind of like and Colonel Mighty Sword. But, um, and it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, Brandy, where can people find us? People can find us on Facebook. Yeah, check us out on Facebook. Leave a message. Leave a comment on the podcast. We we check it every day. We check it all the time. We check it 24 hours a day. We're probably checking out right now. iTunes. iTunes. We have an intern checking it right this moment. Please leave us a review on iTunes. That's how other people find us. Stitcher. Yeah, we're on Stitcher. Uh, Twitter. Twitter, at HistoryDudes1. Uh, we also have Dude That's Weird. Dude That's Weird. It's a Facebook page as well as it's a crime Facebook page. Yes. And as, t- we're, as well as the History Dream podcast group you can join on Facebook. So yep. We're all over the damn place. And don't forget we're going to be appearing at TimmyCon. TimmyCon is coming up quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so feel free to go... Uh, go, uh, contact me if you want to know what the, the appropriate attire is because you should be dressed like me. Yeah, and that's not going to be easy. All right. Uh, we'll see you all next time on History Dweebs. Bye, Good everyone. day. Thank you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.